So good morning, afternoon, and evening, folks. Welcome to Karate Without Belts. I am always John until someone replaces me as the John. I am here with a good friend of mine, Adam. Um, Adam, tell people how your last name is pronounced because it's either I think it's either French Fry or that guy from Game of Thrones. It's Fry, like French Fry, which okay. is really funny because I did a little bit of genealogy, and originally it was pronounced Frey, and then we all moved to Germany where it became Fry, and just messed everybody up. So, <laughs> all right, well that works. Um, Adam's a good a good friend of mine. Um, I guess now a good friend of the show. If you're a good friend of mine, you're a good friend of the show, I guess. Um, welcome, welcome to Karate Without Belts. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's like we were just talking about. It's interesting. I've never been on a podcast before, so I'm excited. I'm excited too because I've I've this still would be I don't know. I think you're like a seventh or eighth person of just been like, hey, let's do a podcast. Um, and that's just that. Um, so Adam, you are currently doing something really interesting, and I wanted to to kind of shine a spotlight on it. Um, obviously, I'm not really a big guy for like doing quote-unquote interviews, mm -hmm. but I like talking about what people are doing ra rather than just being like, there's the guy. Um, there's always a guy. Uh, you, you, you described it. Well, you describe, you, why don't you describe it? Because you're not sure. running, and you're running an organization. I am. But I want you to describe what this is, because it's, some people will be like, wait a minute, it's the same thing, but I want you to kind of break it down for us, if you'd be so kind. Sure. Um, actually, with that, uh, I'm going to tell a little bit of extra story, if that works, in order to, like, what was the impetus, because that's actually one of the best ways to describe what I'm doing. As long um, as it's not about a man named Brady, you're good. Not about a man named Brady. It's actually about a kid named Graham. Um, Graham was one of my students. Uh, and I will always remember, like, the first time, like, you know, you get students, they come and go, especially when you're teaching in a community center program. Um, Graham kind of hit my radar for the first time when he came after class because he wasn't wanting to work on something. And he literally just stood next to me until I noticed him. Wouldn't say a word. And, fi and like, finally, I'm like, yeah, what do you need? And, like, he kind of half pantomimed. And I figured, oh, well, you want to work on these covers. You know, okay, cool. We worked on it. And then he would show up after class. And then he would just keep coming and he kept going to class. He would show up either before or after class to work on things. And he didn't talk to me, I think, for like four months uh, at least. And finally, he started coming out of his shell and really falling into his own. And my favorite memory now as he progressed in his career as a martial artist um, was for, for testing uh, for his Brown 2, whatever, I make them teach a class, period. And this kid who would not talk to me for four months got up in front of the class and was running through an exercise and then screams at them all, drill sergeant style, because nobody key-eyed when they were supposed to. Where's the key-eye? You have to key-eye louder. Again, this kid who wouldn't even talk. Which, of course, you know, that's one of those proud instructor moments. But then the thing that happened after that, and this is the impetus behind Open Hand, the group that, the nonprofit that I started, was conversations I had with his whole family. From Graham being in karate, his whole family started to change. They started to be more communicated. They started to be more vested. They started to help each other out a lot more. I mean, and they it wasn't like they weren't a solid family before. 
they were a good family before, and then it just made it better. Um, so as I was getting to the point where, you know, we all hit that point as martial artists where like, what do I do? What's the next level? What do I have to do to take myself to the next level? I started thinking about what that meant. And the thing that I got the most out of my karate path was Graham and his family and what, what it meant to them. And I'm like, well, can we do an organization that's not a karate organization? Cause there's, you know, if you go into the martial arts spheres, you can't, you know, get 10 feet without running into six of them. Um, I wanted a community organization that used that idea of karate, the principles, the practices, in order to make our communities more empowered, more connected, better. And that's open hand. You know, our tagline, if you will, is we're a community, a community organization that uses the principles and practices of traditional martial arts to build a more empowered and connected community. And that's open hand. That's interesting because you don't you you don't hear a lot of the time people 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 use a can put it this way people use a karate to create an organization, mm -hmm. um, but they don't um, cr create put it a better way where it's they're using a organization or karate to create a community mm -hmm. rather than using an organization to to filter people into karate rather than the other way around, where it's you're using karate to filter people towards a better better community. Yeah, because like the my goal is to eventually get to the point where you can never throw a punch, a kick, or do a kata in your life and still be basically practicing the principles and the idea behind karate, even without the combative aspects. Because the truth of the matter is, what do we do most day to day, you know? I'm pretty tough son of a gun but i can tell you this i haven't punched anybody in a you know self-defense way in god knows how long but i deal with my community every single day so right and that really leads me to something what is it someone in had i had recently trained with it talked about where it's like you, if you don't talk to people then you don't then you don't establish a connection with them and then you have more of a you have more of a danger of that person hurting you mm -hmm. um but if you actually get to know the, that person then you have less of a danger of that that happening mm -hmm. that being said i mean oh there's also statistics at that point towards people who people who get hurt normally hurt by people who they know yeah but i mean that the it's two sides of the same coin to a degree, um, rather than just random violence that tends to happen. Well, yeah, so. and that's that's a huge thing that, like, that's also part of the reason why, like, when I was looking at, like I said, taking things to the next level, I didn't want to just create another karate organization. And it's something we don't talk about as karateka nearly enough, in my, my opinion, is, you know, there's this fantasy we all have. And I'll be honest, I've had it plenty of times where some thug is going to jump us in the street and we're going to use our karate skills to defeat them, you know, we'll feel tough. But it's like you said, who, who hurts, who hurts us the most? It's not random, but random violence is a statistically small portion of it. It's the people that we know it's our communities. Well, how do we stop that? Well, you stop the disenfranchisement, you stop the alienation. Instead of having us and them, you have, we're all together. And that's, that's life protection. 
question you're probably going to get a lot is what do you guys do that's that much more different than say somebody who's just kind of functioning out of community center or who's just running a karate organization um what what's your focus what what are you guys what what are you guys doing that's makes you different than others the number one thing that we're doing is actually and it's kind of funny as you talk about it is the focus like i said it's very important for me to say we're not a karate organization we're a community organization um so we're like the first steps we're doing is we're looking around we're looking at the needs of the community first as opposed to saying well what do i have that i can give to the community i look around and we're trying to say like what does the community need and right now we're mostly focusing on cedar rapids iowa because that's where i currently live but and then we're taking that and then we're going to go like all right um we this this place we need a good low cost after school program because people are having trouble with their kids you know what to do with them after school so we're going to create an after school program okay there's we're we're finding this group over here that's um there's a group of people who are food scarcity or food uncertainty but they don't have ways to get to the food bank all right we'll find the way we'll create the bridge you know I'm not going to say we're going to start a food bank because there's plenty of those, but we'll get those people to it. We'll create those connections in order to get the people the help they need. And in doing so, we're going to expose these same people to a lot more that they would never would have. That's well, the difference. So, where where you're coming from now is the the community kind of give us a, a better understanding of the community you're you're talking to. Um, so you say you talk about disenfranchised and and people who are kind of othered. Mm -hmm. It's it's something that's always been with us, but has never has not until I believe recent years really been explored, discussed, and and, and talked about. Um, give us an idea of what of what kind like what kind of communities you're talking about, and you know give us also kind of ge geographically because. Like myself, being 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 one of the coastal elites, yeah. um, now not be more island. I guess one of the island elites. Um, <laughs> You're really coast. You can see coast in all directions. I mean, I just have coast. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Sometimes a tiny island appears, and sometimes it doesn't. That's just it. Um, but. Can you give us a better idea of like the geography? Who you who who you're talking about? Um, obviously you don't, you don't need to give out all the specifics, but you can give us a better idea of that and, and kind of what inspired that to, especially from a karate perspective, um, to, to start doing that type of stuff. Sure. Um, as far as like what communities we're trying to outreach to, uh, the answer is yes, all of them, <laughs> because that, and that, that's part of the like when you look around a lot of the the ills of the world are that that othering that we have it's the us and them you know and it's so easy to say well all the problems of the world are because of this group or if everybody just thought like i did we'd be better when that's not true we need to all come together and i currently live and work and operate out of cedar rapids iowa um, so we're in the heartland of America, you know, there's no, there's not a lot of big cities. It's very Midwestern, 
Um, it's a real rural, real real rural, yeah. country type deal. Right. And compared to other places in Iowa, we're not so rural. Cedar Rapids is much more of an industrial chan- town compared to a lot of the price of the world. We're very rural. You know, I can drive 10 minutes in any direction and be in the country. Uh, <laughs> so uh, there's and there's a lot of like, you know, you look around and it's like, who do you see? Well, you see your average American white middle class person. That's 90 percent of who you see. But that's not 90 percent of the population there. We actually in Iowa, there's a real diverse population. But they're over there and we're over here and there is no reason that should be the case. But then even going in further to that, um, I have a strong feminist bent and I have no problem saying that. And it's even just the the communication of like, oh, this is what men do. This is what women do. And it's like, no, we're just people. Let's work together, train together, sweat together, bleed together. And you find that out. And that's the beauty of karate. So how do I give that to people who have no desire to train together, who have no desire to punch, kick, grapple, do any kind of martial arts? And open hand is what I came up with. So. Okay. So the being kind of talk to us a little bit about but give us a better kind of mental image of Cedar Rapids and and how the communities have formed around there and changed and kind of what the needs you see if you see you need to address there or needs to be that need to be addressed there. Well, and this is also part of what our mission is and how we go about it. Because what all the needs are of Cedar Rapids, I don't know. We're still figuring that out. That's actually a good chunk of what we're trying to do is just figure out what can we do to help the community? What can we do to just make it better? Um, Cedar Rapids is, like I said, it's kind of an industrial town. Um, And there is very much like sections of the haves and sections of the have-nots. And... We want to make sure that the people who are underserved get what they need. And so that way, and also so the people who are in the upper, the haves area, don't basically fall into their own echo chambers and like work and like see these people not as like, oh, we have to go help the poor people because that doesn't actually help anybody. That's just elitism masked as charity. But like, no, these are my friends. These, this is my community. No, this is my community for all of us. I feel like I'm very being very buzzwordy and not intentionally. <laughs> no, in a lot of in a lot of ways, it's it's what happens when you're when you're looking to to. There's not a lot of people who because you talk about echo chambers and people just kind of staying within their own fields. Right. A lot of people who do martial arts, I mean, a lot of the time they just do that. They don't try to take an extra step to step out into their communities and do, you know, a decent, a decent amount of work to work to help them. Um, especially, especially when it comes to, when it comes to finding, you know, real issues and trying and trying to address them. Now I'm not saying that's the mission of martial artists because yeah. it's that, you know, it takes an individual to, to, to do that. But, what what are the principles of, of martial arts you think that really address this and and make you want to make you want to go go into that because you see that's an it's an interesting point you bring up where it's 
you know, you, you were looking for your next step. And instead of being like, well, I'm going to go fight in the ring. It's mm-hmm. instead, I'm going to help Graham become a better kid. I'm going to help Graham's and, siblings who are not in karate at all thrive in the same way he has. And they'll hopefully, if they don't want to, won't ever step foot in a class. Help, still help them thrive in the same way. It's the whole idea of life protection. Um, you know, I'm sure you have this too when you when you teach. You know how we always tell stories, you know, pull stuff from headlines of like, here's the concept I was talking about in martial arts. Ripped from the headlines. Ripped from the headlines, fresh off I, the paper. Uh, <laughs> you've done that like twice. Oh, I do it all the time. I'm like, here, we're doing this thing. Um, one story I like to, to bust out a lot was um, there was a woman who was working at a gas station, closed up the gas station, turned around, and she had parked her car under the, the light like she was supposed to, and some person was just standing there. Uh, no reason to. Like, immediately, all alarm bells were going off. Uh, she had studied martial arts. She went to her car. Lo and behold, the dude jumped her. Um, so surprised no way. But she fought him off. She fought him off. The guy got arrested. She was fine. Everybody's happy. Um, I talk about that a lot because... One, like a lot of people who study martial arts, one of the first things that people think is like, well, she did something very obviously wrong, right? I mean, what, you know, what would be your take on that situation? Just kind of to walk through what I usually say, you know, well, you'd say, don't go to your car, right? You know, you see somebody there, don't go to your car. Well, that's, that's actually not even it. That's not the solution. The problem was actually should have been solved 10 years ago with whoever that dude was why what created the environment where he decided to be the kind of person who jumps people by his car you know that's where we need to solve the problems because if that dude's not going by the car she never has to defend herself in the first place that's life protection you know we talk about like feel the need to do that right right we don't. We talk. We talk about defending against the aggressor, but we don't talk about the why the aggressor is being aggressive. Yeah, and but you know, but we'll talk about tactically, like how can we think a couple moves ahead of our opponent? How can we set them up and like trap them? You know, and we talk about that tactics wise, like in the, in the middle of the fight. You know, we do a lot of that. But then when we look at our community, it's like, well, we're reactive. We're we're waiting for that. You know, and that's. That's the death knell. You know, every, talk to any decent martial artist to say you never want to be in a situation where you're reactive. You always want to be on the offense or proactive or however you want to say it. But then on our communities, we're nothing but. We're just, oh, these po- people have this problem over here. We'll go fix it. Why don't we fix the thing that caused the problem in the first place? So that way the problem doesn't even happen. Well, and that, that, level, of foresight, that level of foresight is generally lost on a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Um, I can think about about community violence and, and things I've seen more from my youth than kind of getting into my adulthood, but where it's like, yeah, we saw this happen over a period of time because that person wasn't taken care of mm-hmm. and no one cared cared about that person. And if no one cares about that person, that person has no social link to to hold on to. Or the, they may grab onto links that are very unhealthy. And so that that's what causes that person to act out in that way. Right. Because most, if you think about it, most, most places in the world, most, 
most people won't act out as an aggressor. Unless there's a reason. They, they're given a reason. Yeah, the cackling evil person who's just evil pretty much doesn't exist outside of movies. Usually they're yeah. des desperate or, you know, something has gone wrong horribly in their life. So, you know, I'm not, I know, like, as I, I like to say, like one of my own personal sayings is systemic problems require systemic solutions. People don't like to think that far ahead because I know the work I'm doing now there's a good chance that I will, I may not directly ever see the results of it. It's, but you know, Graham will, when he gets, becomes you know, a man, he's going to see this, you know, when Claire, another one of my black belts, when she grows up as an adult, she's going to have more opportunities because of the work we're doing now. You know, that's the goal. That's, that's what open hand is. That's what we're trying to do. So, so open hand, um, so it's a community-based organization that has kind of karate as its germ, but not necessarily as its intent. Mm -hmm. Right, because at the end of the day, I'm I know karate. I mean, you know, my <laughs> my other my other careers, while useful is and linked, it, it's not as helpful in a lot of ways. Um, so what I know is I know karate, and I know, you know, I have a lot of friends that I would not talk to if it hadn't been for karate and so why why do we have to have like i said there's people who will never go inside a dojo let's give them that experience let's let's give them that connection let's give them that empowerment you know let's give them tools so they don't have to be afraid and then we'll have a community that is not afraid is super connected and then that young lady, when she goes out to her car, if there's some guy standing by there, it's, he's going to be like, hey, you have a flat tire. I just didn't want you to drive off, you know, as opposed to jumping her and trying to mug her or whatever. Um, so what so what exactly are you guys doing? Because I know it's something of a recent mm -hmm. deal. I know it's been percolating for a little while, but um, those dedicated listeners who have been trying <laughs> to listen to our continuity will actually have heard me pitch. Um, yeah, a couple months ago. Hand, probably six months ago. Um, but that was a, quite, a bit, quite a bit ago. Um, so now that you guys are kind of ro we're rolling into whew, the new school year, um, next semester for me, unfortunately. <laughs> Back to work. Um, yeah, that's right. But... Um, the what are you guys at least on your outset doing um what are some things that that you guys are trying to um immediately start doing because those kind of long-term goals are really really good um but kind of give us an idea of where where you guys are going just in the in the immediate future um our first big program that we were launching into was an after-school program um because based off of what we had looked into in Cedar Rapids, having an affordable after-school program uh, seemed like something the community needed. Um, and also that fits in with our theme because if I can get the kids in there and we can talk to them and we can get them to be that empowered, connected, you know, and fearless community when they're kids, they'll take that with them the rest of their life. Um, you know, and that's the goal of all martial arts, whether or not I'm teaching them how to punch and kick, I'm getting them, like, I want to talk, get the kids going that way. 
So that way they can bring their parents in and then we have a ripple effect. That's that's our first boots on ground like program that we're doing. The other thing that I do, because this is what I, I know um, as far as actual programming is I am doing life protection seminars. Uh, I do them the right way. I don't teach techniques because anybody who knows martial arts knows I can sit there and if I teach you a technique for two hours, you're not going to remember it when your life's on the line. Right. <laughs> Uh, I talk about like situational awareness and like the whole how how can we be aware without being paranoid, you know, what to look for and like a lot of the social hacking people do. That's why I always call it in order to manipulate manipulate us into bad situations. So that way people can navigate those without being afraid because that you can learn in an afternoon and you can practice it every day with the people you know because it's all just being aware and talking. You know, creating Talk to us a little bit more about that because that that sounds like because I've never heard anybody kind of pitch it like that. Um, I've, obviously, we've always heard the you know, the quote unquote women's self defense seminar mm -hmm. um, that were you know the two hour or six week program, right. whatever that, that teaches you how to like this is how you somebody grabs you you break their grip like this and then you do this technique. And you will never remember that in a life protection situation. <laughs> um, you know, that's one one of the things I do inside the seminar is I have people do a fine motor control puzzle. It's not a super hard puzzle. And then we have them run until they're out of breath. And then we have them try to do the same puzzle while everybody's screaming at them. And most people dramatically increase their time because now they have adrenaline, they're shaking. And I'm like, yeah, this is why you, unless you drill a technique over years, you're not going to do it. However, we'll talk about, you know, the whole, hey, let me buy you a drink and something feels off. You know, and because we're talking, you know, women have a lot more of this than men do. They have to deal with a lot more. It's like, how do we talk to him? How do we ascertain? Is this guy creepy is this guy a threat what can i do to keep myself safe is or is he just being clumsy you know and a lot of it comes down to you know is he pressuring you to do something you don't want to do even if it's innocuous what does that mean well most people who have good intentions if somebody's like no thanks that's where it ends so what does it mean when somebody is pressuring you like that could they just be socially unaware sure could they have bad intentions? Yeah. What do? How do I respond then? Well, if I respond as if they had bad intentions, that keeps me safe. I don't have to belittle them. I don't have to go on the offense. I can just be like, I'm not going to drink the drink. And if they get mad, okay, here's how I can get myself out of that situation through like verbal de-escalation or just I know my surroundings. I know how to just get out. And that was done in the first five minutes I walked in the room. There's the exit. There's the exit. I'm going to sit in a way that I can easily access the exit. So if it's a verbal de-escalation doesn't work, I can literally just get out of here. And it puts more control in people's hands than you think because um, it's not necessarily a paranoia perspective, but it's more a safety perspective where you understand where you understand, like, this is how I can this, this is the room I'm in. A lot of people will sit down and they won't understand. They'll just walk into a restaurant pick anywhere that's open and then not really give too, too much of a thought about it. Right. And it's just an awareness. And I'm like this, you can practice every time you walk into a room, 
where are the exits? You don't have to be paranoid. You know, I'd say you don't have to like scan every single person and like memorize what they're wearing and like make eye contact with every single person in the room. You know, that's that's paranoia. That's insanity. That's not sustainable. Jason um, Bourne doesn't exist. You're not going to, it's not going right. to be Jason Bourne. Exactly. Nobody's going to be Jason Bourne here. I mean, if I could be Jason Bourne, I would be Jason Bourne and I'm not. So <laughs> didn't he um, beat somebody to death, death with a newspaper in that, those movies? Uh, I think he did. It was either a newspaper or a phone book. I can't, or I'm mixing my movies. Phone books make awesome. more sense, but yeah. Uh, uh, I could do that. Like, you know, the whole joke, if you, if you can be anyway, be yourself, unless you can be Batman, then be Batman. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> or Jason. Kind of digressing from that point. Yeah. Um, so you've got that going on and you've got the after school program. So is the after school program a karate program, karate program after school, or is it more of your traditional YMCA ish program or how is that? How, the, how does that differ from kind of what what else is going on in your community? It's the space between. Um, like you go to the YMCA and they let you there. It's pretty unstructured. There's stuff you can do, but the kids are kind of just watched and on their own. Um, but like a traditional karate after school program, you go in, you put in, put on your gi, you do karate until your parents pick you up. Um, we do karate because that's what I know, and. But that's only part of the time. The other thing we're looking to explore to do is do things like talk to other community organizations and say, hey, you run a yoga studio. You want to come in once in a while and run these kids through yoga class? Hey, you're from the sanitation department. Most people don't know who their trash man is. Could you, for this area, have the guys who drive the route come in and answer questions for these kids? I know. Hey, you run that big building over there that's got this business that none of us know what the heck is going on in there. Could you come in and explain to us what you know Omni Consumer Corp does? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> or maybe. you don't want to pull that thread, but <laughs> two out of three ain't bad. Uh. <laughs> A little joke for the nerds in the audience there. <laughs> Caught that one. Um, but that's and but then at the same time, we also will have. Let's say you're not interested in doing any of that. Then we're going to have structures that like talk about like have games things you can do that go along with like the dojo coon it's like okay here's how we can repurpose this and this is how it fits in with our greater community so even if they are like i'm coming here i have my mom signed me up i don't care about any of this great you can still go over here and be a part of our community we have space for you whether or not you want to do this or not the space is there okay so. and then if the community, you know, if the after-school program doesn't work out, we'll find the next thing and we'll build that so that that way it comes. And that's a big part of what we're doing too. Is all these programs are living. If they don't work, the community doesn't need them. We'll change it. We'll find what the community needs, as opposed to saying this is what we're going to give the community. We're going we're going to find what the community needs and give it what it needs. That's a big part of what we're doing. So, so you're not trying to necessarily launch one idea, but you're trying to let an idea launch things of its own. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's but, that's why I say we're a community organization, we're not a crowding organization, because the community comes first. So, is is there? Do you still teach teach karate, teach okay. karate side of that, or is that so, that's still that more oh, yeah. going to be more connected to, towards that after school type deal? No, I'm still teaching my. 
karate classes because it is like it's a great way to create a community i mean you know i have students who run the you know run across the board from backgrounds ethnicities you know social classes and they all get together and they're all friends so I mean, and that was kind of the impetus behind all this. So I absolutely still run in my karate classes, still going to run karate classes. I love teaching karate, so I'm not going to give that up for anything if I can help it. So I know that I know the feeling, my friend. I know the feeling. Um, I guess I guess one of the biggest challenges that you've experienced in in doing all this, because you've got you're about six months in, into I, more than six months in, um, but from a kind of standpoint of kind of germina germination to, al to almost kind of debut, um, what are some of the biggest challenges you feel you've faced? One of the biggest challenges we have as an organization is making sure we do it right. I mean, because this is one of the reasons why it's taken so long is so many organizations like this, they go in with stars in their eyes and then it falls apart. Um, we've been building foundations you know, another thing that we talk about a lot is the community start with is your own and open hand is a community and we're making sure that it's set up right. That's been one of the biggest challenges. The other one personally is I've never done anything like this. Um, so I have, you know, I've been having to muddle my way through. Thank God for my wife, uh, Leslie, who has a lot of nonprofit experiences and is generally a highly competent individual. Um, and she's been helping me a lot figure out what, what to do as executive director. Um, yeah, I would, this would not, this would just be a dream or would have failed already if it hadn't been for her. Um, but in the rest of my board too, like they've been doing awesome jobs. Like they have my board president, Rachel, she's never done anything like this. She's worked for nonprofits, but she's never been on a board. And she's really stepping up to the to the role on that, you know. Um, but like one of the other big challenges we had was just getting all the paperwork done. You know, the, the dealing with the government is always a, a fun fun experience. Yes, it is. <laughs> try try dealing with multiple governments. No, no thank you. No, you you were trying to tell me something like trying to get over there and stuff, and I was just shaking my head. And I'll be honest, I was like, oh, I would not want to be in your shoes for anything. Oh no, um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> not even that. Um, but, but yeah. like, so some of that, and like you know, this is where also being humble comes in, like a lot of humility, because like get, navigating the government stuff. Uh, Leslie and our treasurer Brett have just been, you know, they've figured that that out. Um, and I honestly probably would have just fallen on my face. So <laughs> yeah, I have a really good board. I mean, really, it boils down to I just have a really good board and they're very dedicated. None of us have done anything like this. So our challenges, the number one challenge has just been figuring out how to make this work and how to make it sustainable. So. How do you see, how do you see it as being something that's sustainable? Because right now you've got two very, I guess, I guess with the karate stuff in, in in line, you've got kind of a trifecta of stuff going on. But especially as time goes on, goes on, and kind of looking on building and evolving with the community, how can you see that continuing to kind of keep it grow, keeping to keep it to keep it growing, to keep it grow? Um, to grow that, that the different programs or whatever. So 
if you wanted well, to do like a fun run or something like that, um, or kind run. of race for charity, or even I don't know, because I've I've worked with nonprofits before as well, and I, I had a, a friend of mine, very blunt guy, um, kind of once said to me, he's like, <laughs> he's from the Ukraine, so he's kind of nonprofits, I hate them the most. They're always they're all their 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 heads are always in the clouds, not on the goals. Right, and that that actually is a big that that's been hard for me to, to be honest. Um, we've been having very hard, blunt conversations about where's the money for this going to come from, uh, and nobody likes to talk about money, but unfortunately, money makes the world go around. Uh, that was one of the things we were doing is when we were setting things up, the first question we ask is, is this economically viable? And if the answer is no, no matter how good of an idea it is, it gets scrapped. Right. So, and we, we've done a decent amount of research and we're continuing to do more about things like grants, et cetera. But we also have said, we're never going to rely exclusively on a grant because if the second you don't get it, the program goes away. Right. So. Things like that, having because a big part of also creating a good, you know, empowered, connected community is the sense of personal responsibility. Somebody's already solving your problem for you. That's not an empowered community at all. And so we have to model that. So the karate classes, to be blunt, pay for a lot of are going to pay for a lot of programming for other people who couldn't afford it otherwise. So. Yeah. And do, do you see do you see yourself being able to being able to kind of can go half and half whereas you have a grant that that kind of takes up takes on the front end but then like on the back end thing things can get taken up by other by by other stuff or yeah like absolutely like one of the things we not to get into that discussion so much but i mean it is always i mean what i always like to do here is kind of get into the anatomy of things and yeah as uncomfortable as it makes people talking about this as you know, I've I've been on that side where it's it's been like, ah, oh, yeah, we got that, uh, and it's petering out. Yeah, exactly, and that's one thing. As like as martial artists, we should be great at, and we're shockingly not, is having uncomfortable conversations. Because if you just talk about personal defense or like space and all that stuff, you get uncomfortable real quick. It's not fun conversations to have. So I don't shy away from that at all. Like. Along those lines, like one of the one of the things we do is we offer scholarship programs to people for for karate who can't afford it, right? Well, if we can afford two ourselves, then we have that. And then let's say we get a grant that would let us have six. Well, for the time being, we can have six, but we know we can take care of two of them ourselves. So we will make sure to do that. And then if we lose the grant, we still have a scholarship program. It just might scale down. Or we figure out we use the grant in order to create a structure where now we can permanently have six. So that's always, always in the front of our head is like, how do we make this continually viable? If we approach all of our problems that way, you know, then we'll be okay. Okay, we have a one-time cost. That's something we're going to fundraise for. That's something we'll apply our grant for. This isn't a reoccurring cost. We are not going to rely on on sources of income that may not be reoccurring. So, right, and I think that's like in any any good, even for the more for-profit. Um, stuff you have a lot of you get a lot of you didn't get those questions and they and martial martial artists are great at answering a lot of questions about you know attack defense legacy tradition all that other stuff when it comes to that no. it's a gamble whether or not they know they even know what that is 
Exactly. And, and that, that's one of the things that, like I said, as I was trying to develop as a person, it's like, you know, we always say tactically, don't be reactive, be proactive. You want to take the initiative. Okay, I'm taking the initiative on this. I'm not going to just say, well, we'll figure it out when we get there. I mean, sometimes you have to, but, you know, right. you do as little of that as possible. But, yeah. Anything else you want to kind of say about open hand um, before we kind of maybe we kind of go into what's going to happen this week or? Um, no, I mean, I feel like, you know, people listening probably have a pretty good idea of what I'm doing. And I like to talk about myself if you haven't noticed and what I'm doing. So it's probably should move on a little bit there. But no, it's all good. Yeah. Like the, the what I want people to take away from this is just more that there's is that there's possibility that there's different possibilities yeah right because we don't a lot of the times in the martial arts community there's a very narrow set of things people think they can do mm -hmm. with martial arts and that's what what has unfortunately like led to a lot of like that stereotypes like dojos or like you get people like or like karate moms or whatever like we don't we don't necessarily see a, a group of people getting together who are martial artists who who want to help a community mm -hmm. or one guy who does martial arts and be like, hey, I want to do this and and make that happen. Um, a lot of the times it, it, it either becomes very self-centered or it becomes, you know, almost mafiaistic. Yeah. Um, and this, I think, is a really good example of the possibility, the potential of stepping out, of using martial arts to step outside of what martial arts normally does to what martial arts can do. I agree. If that makes sense. It, it, exactly. Like I said, the, my whole thought behind this was like, how do I take, take myself to the next level? You know, what's, what's beyond, what's beyond my fist, you know, not to get all Kung Fu, you know, legend continues going on. Um, what if we're okay with where we're at that's not a good martial artist you know it's you're never okay with where you're at you're always trying to get better you're always trying to find the next level you know you're not a master till you die because masters can't get any better and the only people who can't get any better are dead so supposedly supposedly yeah so okay. that's where that's like i said and i can't do it alone and i'm not i'm doing it with a community of really good people well, like even this, like this is this is one thing why I was really excited when you're like, "Hey, podcast!" I was like, "Yes," because you know, here you are in Japan, here I am in Iowa, America. Am I in Japan? Am I, I in know. Japan? Really? Um, you're in a you're some random no, person no, on the internet. No, 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 I know what you're about to say. No, no, I'm not there. Not there either. Put <laughs> me down. <laughs> um, <laughs> but here we are forming a community. You know, we're talking. Yeah. Across across the world, as it were. Yeah, and that's that's awesome, and that's what I want. I want you know, and like if I talk, what is my long long term goal? I want open hand functioning everywhere, and I want it to be more than just karate. I want the Brazilian jiu jitsu down the street doing these same kind of things and helping out its community just as much as the gung fu guys down down the road. You know, we get the boxers starting up programs to help out you know underserved kids and the wrestling program working side by side with the, you know, Taekwondo dojang, you know, why not? Why not?
Well, I, I think that goes into a lot of tribalism where people want, people want, you know, it goes into the same, you know, narrow scope a lot of people have with martial arts. Mm -hmm. And if they can broaden, people broaden their scopes, they become more human in that regard rather than, than narrowing them and kind of just, I need to be this one thing. And obviously, if you are just this one thing, you're just that one thing and that's it. Right. Which doesn't, it, it, it doesn't work, work well to people's growth at all. They become static. I've seen people do that. I've seen people live that and it's, it doesn't need to be that way. So, Right. It's one thing if you want to preserve a history. It's another thing if you say only mine can exist. It's like one is fine. I'm all, you know, if people say I only want to study, you know, this art because I want to preserve its history. Great. And this is the best art and nobody else just studied anything else. Mm, you know, why don't we talk to those people? Why don't we? You know, it's the same way of like my group is better than your group. Let's, why don't we talk? Why don't we see? Why don't we all get better? So, right. And I, I want to say that's a, that's a recurring sentiment within martial arts, but it doesn't necessarily feel like that's all that all the time. Um, and maybe, it, you know, this is just that as good as it's going to get, it's not going to be all the time. But I think this is a good contribution to making it more more than less, as it were. Yeah. And you know what? You know, this this is where the, the also the other part of martial arts and me, I know I have an impossible task in front of me. Doesn't the journey is the point. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's just go forward. Fail, fail often, fail faster. And then in the end, be better for the whole thing. All right, man. Can so, kind of moving into, into the kind of the back end of the podcast, what are you working on this week in terms of, I guess not just in terms of, I guess getting open hand ready. How how far are you guys off from getting your after school program? How how much time more time do you guys have with that? Starts next week. Um, yep, we don't know how. Like I said, at this point, uh, it doesn't seem like we have a whole lot of signups, and if. It doesn't end up working out. Like I said, we'll, we'll see what the community needs and move on to the next one, next thing. So, but yeah, that starts next week. I got a couple seminars all lined up. I work with the city of Cedar Rapids. I have a really good relationship with them at this point. I still teach out of the community center, and I'm in no hurry to stop that. They treat me well. I treat them well. It's very beneficial. And then we'll just keep going. So, looking at maybe adding a homeschool program is also something that's on our radar, as well as something with veterans. So. Oh wow! So you've got got a couple of different things in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. On our board, um, we have some homeschoolers, and one of our board advisors, she's a combat vet, and so, yeah, start with your own community, you know. Great. You know, I I even have a, a Canadian and a South African uh, couple. The one she's from Canada, uh, our. Shannon, she's our secretary. She keeps keeps us in line pretty well. And her husband, Neil, he's from South Africa. So we got, yeah, just, I have a great board. <laughs> That's an interesting accent mix. Yeah. Uh, you can't, yeah, yeah I, they actually, it's almost imperceptible on both of them. So every once in a while, I'll hear something. I'm like, oh, there it is. But that's pretty rare. So they, I didn't know it until they told me. So <laughs> it's like, oh, really? <laughs> Well, I guess Midwest, South African community. Okay, maybe. Um, Training-wise, what are you up to this week? Um, Training-wise, just I 
having a lot of fun with my class. Um, to get super specific, we've been hammering down on Naihachi Nidon lately for just, and its grappling aspects, because that's one thing I think people really underlook in karate is karate has so much grappling, so many throws. Uh, and when you start tearing apart the katas, a lot of the times if you're looking at something like, what what are you doing? If you think about it in terms of a throw, it's like, oh, that that's what we're doing. And so I've been having fun with that, with both on a personal level and with my students. So, it sounds this sounds excessively violent towards a kata. We're tearing the kata apart. That's right. Uh, Ripping it to shreds. Uh, we're just tearing it apart. <laughs> pieces of Nahachi all over the floor. Um, <laughs> no, I'm definitely agree with you on that. Um, on my end, I'm just working on doing more, kind of making, trying to bridge uh, calisthenics from being just a workout to a warm up. And trying trying to fit that into to karate, um, as I've said a lot before. I don't know if I actually said this a lot before or not. Um, where you can't just do karate, you need to have other not other things inserted into it, but in everything needs to kind of become a part of karate. Mm-hmm. So when you do a push up, you're doing a karate push up. Yep. Because you're doing karate. Um, or if you're doing you're doing a squat, you're doing a karate squat because you're doing karate. If that that makes sense, I agree with uh, that sentiment wholeheartedly. You're running I, a mile; it's a karate mile. It's a karate. Um, it's a karate marathon. But if you know, that's my goal this, for this, for four and forty. Well, you've run one, right? You've done a marathon before, right? For I one. have done a couple, and right. literally just two. But I'm trying to get back at, back up to back up to shape for more. But um, we're kind of. But I'm also tr- hopefully going to find a couple more partners to work with this week. But we'll see what happens with that. We should probably. We could probably. This is a conversation for another time. Set up a Skype training session, you and I, because why not? <laughs> I I have. One thing I am lacking in least where I'm at is consistent training partners. Um, at least when we talk about uh, you know training it's, itself, um, it was easier when I was living in more of the states, but now not so much, um, especially where I live now. But thankfully, recently I've also been able to go down to Okinawa and um, train with a couple people down there. That was always a good time. So. All right, my friend, I think we are going to sign out for today. Um, This is John signing off. And this is Adam. Thank you very much again, John, for giving me this. No problem, man. And hey, you're welcome back on anytime. Let's do this again. This was fun. (laughs) Yeah. All right, folks. Have a good evening, good morning, good night, and keep training.